we can't use this process of warm-ups as blackmail against each other. <laughs> that is off the table. <laughs> it's completely not allowed. By the way, you do delete all the master recordings, right, Mike? Uh... <laughs> <laughs> are, you, are, you, are you ready? Funny! Expensive. Wanna nah. Whatever! Happy. Hey everyone, welcome back to The Funny Papers, a show where three 30-somethings share a collective psychosis about the classic 90s cartoon show, Doug. I'm Mike, and with me are my friends Sam. Bring on the baits. Bring on the baits. And Jim. The bone of steel is weak, child. The bone of flesh is stronger. Bring on the baits. Oh my god, okay, today we cover episode 22, part 2 of Doug. And if you're following along on YouTube, this is episode 23 due to the time break. Uh, In all episodes after the first, Doug was separated into two 12-minute shorts. Episode 22, part 2's title is Doug Meets Robo Bone. Bring on the baits. A depressing lack of pornography in this episode after we started off with nude dink. (laughs) <laughs> All right, let's let's put in a little bit of effort here, guys. You ready? One, yeah. two, three. Robot boner. Robot boner. Good. Bazinga. <laughs> bring, bring on the beats. Bring on the beats. Uh, so uh, this episode begins. Uh, Guess with, what they're chanting? That's what they're chanting. Everybody's chanting. Bring on the beats. It goes on for, they chant it so many times. It's okay. an impossible amount of times. <laughs> and they're doing it. Okay, they're, so we need to set the stage here. Uh, Doug is standing at the top of the bleachers in the gym along with Patty. And he's got a megaphone. And he's, he's, he's leading the whole, like, at least the grade, maybe the school, in chants of bring on the beats, like you're saying. But to nobody. <laughs> right? Not even a camera. No, they're just like amping. Maybe they're amping each other up. They're just like, boy, we want the. They're basically they're trying to get the beats to come and play at their school. And so free concert, chanting, free concert. They're, they're trying to. They're attempting to perform ritual sorcery. That's all this is. It's got to be it. They're attempting to harvest the orgone of children in order to summon a rock group. <laughs> this will be the seventh time the beats have played Bluffington in the last two years, given how many episodes <laughs> there's been about this. Or yeah. one year, or a couple days, or several decades. I don't know. Who knows? But suffice they've it to played say, it a lot. Over. They've played yeah. it a lot for this twenty thousand person town. Yeah. So like, that's what. Okay. This whole episode, I was thinking, it's gotta bring be on the beats. No, bring on the beats. But we gotta know uh, if the beats are a local rock group or like a national rock group because they. We don't know. And they could just be some local act, right? Yeah, like, and given the quality of the song they debut in this <laughs> next one, I'm inclined to say local group. Killer Tofu is, like, legit solid. The song they debut at the end of this is. Yeah. Dog shit. Well, they spontaneously come up with a Yodeling song. It kind of rocks, yeah. actually. Yeah. It's not that. It's one of the ones that, like, everybody remembers. Like, everybody remembers Killer Tofu. I remember all remember of them. It. We're not talking about you. We know that you remember every detail about this. I do, too. Do you remember when we, you were describing this episode to me, and I literally just went, the subject is closed. <laughs> oh, God. You Did you? Uh-huh. I don't think I, I, don't uh-huh. think I had the context for it at nope. the time. God damn it. <laughs> it's another okay. thing they chant three million times in this episode, but we're get, I'm getting a little bit ahead of myself. He, first, we have to write a massive letter to the Beats that just has a bunch of names on it. The letter <laughs> costs $70 to ship. Yeah. <laughs> and like, okay, so... Yeah, so they're they're signing a giant petition, like it's this massive scroll that like goes the length of the gym that everybody is signing because Doug says that he has been elected student activity chairperson. <laughs> right? Nightmare job for a person yeah. with social anxiety. Or nightmare yeah. job in general. Who elected yeah. him? And and is this for the grade or for the school or what? <laughs> and what powers are granted this position? It seems like a lot. Well, yeah. you have to send like, letters. 
Like, and he remember, has more authority than the vice principal about like what is allowed to be entertainment. Like a class president has no power at all. The person <laughs> who is given the power to be student activities chairperson in an elementary school. <laughs> I cannot imagine that having more power than choosing what color of streamers go at the inexplicable dance for that grade schoolers. Right. Yeah, it's it's really weird. Like, Dunn has been elected. So he says he's been elected to, like, a bunch of positions of power. Like, he was elected to be the news anchor. He was elected to be, like, he's been elected to be a rep in, like, a bunch of weird things, right? And He's going to run for class president at some point in the future. <laughs> Does he really? Uh-huh. Oh, God. oh my God. Against the mayor's kid. And I think, oh. I think they both lose. I don't remember. <laughs> Good. That sounds right. One thing I don't remember. But that's the episode where Tippy uh, wins the mayorship. Oh, it's the parallel. They do uh-huh. uh, they do they do Correct. matching. Oh, no, yeah, man. his uh, the mayor focuses too much on his kids' campaign that he loses his own mayor election. <laughs> 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 that's not me extrapolating. That's, that's literally a, said in the show. Good God. Such a great moral. <laughs> Fuck. Well look forward to that one. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, but so this one, uh, yeah, they're signing a giant petition to try and get the Beats to come uh, and play at their school. They're like all pumped up. They're like, yeah, they'll definitely come once they see how many loyal fans they have at our school. Yeah, that's how this works, right? That's a substitute for money. (laughs) You demonstrate just how unfailingly faithful you are to your betters. And in exchange for that, your betters will do what you ask them to. They'll play the same town for the third time in three months. Yeah, that's how literally anything ever works, right? You sign off unconditional devotion, and in exchange, somebody takes pity on you and says, okay, we'll do what you ask. I, I mean, that's how Doug interprets it, because Doug always gets quote-unquote rewarded for quote-unquote doing the right thing, even though... And it's exactly <laughs> how Doug approaches Patty. And he's never done a wrong thing in his life. Right. He's always right. He's a good boy. Uh-huh. And God descends from on high to reward him every time he does this. Not through <laughs> any, like, chain of causality, but things happen. Sure. Well, so that's why Doug is nervous after this. Like, we, so we cut out of this. is, like, the intro stinger for it. And then we cut out of that, and we cut back to uh, the class. And everybody's sitting in there. First of all, like, nothing is happening in class, right? Like, nobody's Everyone's just sitting in silence. the teacher is just like standing at the front of the class in silence yeah this is a question that i had about the last scene so uh this is on school time yeah maybe it's probably maybe it's after school we don't know like i have to assume that if it's after school there's something to prevent somebody just pronouncing no we're all just going to gather in the gym and chant while we sign a letter (laughs) incidentally i checked the letter skunky beaumont didn't sign it Oh, shit. Well, it's a big letter. Maybe he signed it right at the top or right at the bottom. Or maybe maybe he signed it in letters that we cannot understand with our eyes of flesh. Maybe they don't write in English. (laughs) Somebody on there did write Elvis, so maybe that's Skunky Beaumont. (laughs) There's enough Elvis conspiracy theories out there. Just Mm. writing like ass man or butthead. (laughs) Yeah, butthead signs it. Beavis and butthead go to Bluffington Elementary School. God, probably. The crossover we've all been waiting for. <laughs> we'll keep that in mind for when we write the let's the, do the, let's do the podcast over Beavis and Butthead, please, to love God. <laughs> I like the idea of the beats just writing back to uh, Doug, just saying, and after now. our good friend Thomas, <laughs> and after our good friends Beepus and Assman signed, they said they we needed to go there. We had nothing better to do. Anything for ass, man. Yeah, yeah. Well, their accents. Now that Jim made that joke in an accent, makes me realize. Makes me think that they can't be a local band unless they're the only British people in Bluffington. I think that's what it is. Like, I think, I think that we it's were like, imprisoned here after we lost a curse to a witch. Right. 
Yeah, but like they get up on stage at the end of it and they're just like, all right, thank you for inviting us. Now where's Buttman? <laughs> <laughs> they're like, we got a but we did a special drawing for who would get our prize, and it's Buttman. Congrats, Buttman. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so just like uh like Doug stands up sheepishly and he's like, I'm Buttman. <laughs> <laughs> I did a funny. <laughs> Everybody just goes, boo. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this is actually what a Doug fantasy would be like. <laughs> That's what my anyway. are like. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> anyway, but uh, so they're in this class, they're in the classroom. Nothing is happening. Uh, and the board is full of like, Algebra equations? And like, really hard ones, too. Yeah, and, like, trigonometry diagrams? Like, there's, like, polar coordinates on there? Like, uh, like what are like, they... I saw... maybe, maybe the teacher's trolling them. Like, <laughs> yeah. one equation in particular I looked at is unsolvable. Like, <laughs> 850 times 2 over x to the square root of 2 equals question mark. You can't have both an undefined X and question mark. That's not how this works. <laughs> yeah, you can. He, they just did it, idiot. Oh, yeah. Off to the side, they did another one that said, like, X equals Y. So it's been defined as Y. <laughs> Great. Super. Fantastic. I've solved so many fucking problems. Look, maybe the reason why the unsolvable one up there is because Wingo is like, hey, shut up, kids, until you can solve my riddle. <laughs> also... Divide by x to the square root of 2. That's a real fucking mean one. Yeah, they're in, what, fifth grade? <laughs> I mean, I couldn't, I couldn't, yeah, I couldn't, like, do that problem when I was in college. Never, never mind. <laughs> yeah, never mind school, right now. That's a, like, that's really advanced for high schoolers. And Doug, we are reminded, is 11. Yeah, but I, it's just everybody thinks this show is in high school, like, and so did the creator, apparently, because this is just more evidence of that. Yes. Uh, but okay, so yeah, like you were saying, Doug is, like, nervous. He's like, oh my god, what if they don't respond? Like, oh, it's been a couple of days and they haven't responded <laughs> to my letter. Yeah, and then they didn't respond and you moved on with your day. The end of how <laughs> this story actually went. Meanwhile, but in Doug's <laughs> fantasies... <laughs> yeah, yeah, probably. Uh, yeah, Doug, Doug maybe imagines, but uh, Mr. Bone, he comes into the classroom and he's storming in like he always does. Uh, and he's like, hey, there's a fax here that is addressed to the student body court, student activity chairperson. Uh, I looked this and up and in 1992, every individual fax cost $700,000. <laughs> I true facts. I true facts. Facts. <laughs> Sam. <laughs> Sam. You're on a yes, high after yes, tricking sir. us after the last episode. That's <laughs> now, right. We need better you from you, Sam. I'm sorry. You, you won't trick us again. <laughs> oh, but yeah, no. Uh, but yeah, I mean, for those of you younger people in the audience, a fax was an email on paper. <laughs> It was, oh, they God. made this horrible <laughs> screaming noise, and they were just awful. Yeah, and so that's why they decided to send one. Some offices bag. still have them, and they're awful to use. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so so they come in, uh, he storms in, and he's got a fax, and apparently the Beats will do the concert. Hooray! The Beats uh, are going to do a free concert <laughs> in this local school with the approval of no one on the strength of... <laughs> Doug Funny sent them an extra big letter. Uh-huh. The letter's really big, though. <laughs> like, this is how literally any of this works, right? It was signed by Elvis, though. Okay, and a point. dog. <laughs> you gotta love it. Because uh, everybody is amped about this. Everybody pulls out Beats wigs that they have. Including the teacher. Including, yeah, including the teacher. And they all throw on their wigs and they're all like, hooray, it's Kille Tofu. Uh, it's that one then, song that they play. <laughs> yeah, that they'll hopefully play at our school. Uh, and then Bone says, uh, no, actually, it is not allowed. Because no, he the says the truly insane line, oh, I hate to burst your beats bubble. 
like, yeah, noted thing that bubbles, beats, sure, whatever, fuck you. And then, <laughs> yeah. but I don't want inappropriate music being played at my school. Which, I mean, normally that'd be transparent horse shit, but what the fuck kind of principal would sign off on a mega rock act doing a free concert in his school? Yeah. And also, the beats, like, their whole genre, like, we talked about it, they were the genre of health rock, right? Like, like they, they they sing about how tofu is good for you, and about how you should eat your vegetables and well, shit, in this right? one, in this one, the song, like, the, the third song that they have is, uh, <laughs> uh wanting more allowance, which isn't, ha- doesn't have anything to do with health. So they're bucking yeah. the trend at the end here. I guess so, but that's because they make up the song in the moment. They're just like, ooh, uh, we need something that will appeal to the kids. <laughs> what are they <laughs> like, know, allowance? A, a yodel. <laughs> yeah. I'm sorry, exactly. Chap Lippman lost uh, most of his sense of self on a really bad ayahuasca trip while we were <laughs> on our way here. So we don't actually remember any of our songs. So, yeah, as they were on the way from playing a show at the Honker Burger over to the elementary school, it's the only place they ever play. Uh, <laughs> but, yeah, so Bone is like, boy, yeah, if only you had a more uh, wholesome sound. If only you listened to more wholesome artists like the Bluffington Yodelers cult company. Yes. <laughs> right? Which, I mean, partially canon George H.W. Bush will totally accept breaking the rules if it's to do the things he wants to do. True. Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, but it's it's weird that, like, uh, like yeah, Doug, and Doug is like, you know, oh, that's your group, right? And it's, it's weird that, like, Bone couldn't just say, hey, there's a school assembly where it's the Bluffling, Bluffington Yodeling Society, right? Like... I don't know. It just seems yeah. weird that he doesn't just like if he if he actually wants this to happen, that he doesn't just make it happen, right? He's the authority figure. There's a weird degree of passivity on Bones' part, but anyway, after Doug points out that that's your group, and that Mister Bone freaks out and just says, "The subject is closed. The subject is closed." I mean it, Mister. The subject is closed. No, cousin Melvin. The subject, the subject is, closed. is closed. The subject is closed. The subject is closed. Bring on the beats. Yeah, he fucking yells that, and he uh, and he just like walks out of the classroom. But okay, before we leave the classroom, though, I have to make one more note about what's going on in here. Uh. The clock is in the background. It's like a very, it's a digital clock. Usually they have analog clocks, clocks in this universe, but this one is a digital clock and it says 0006. So it is 1206 in the morning. Like it is like past midnight right now. <laughs> yep, it is. Uh, it is. That's usually when school happens, right? It's, I, I don't know, man. <laughs> I don't know, man. It's in this universe. It's like. It could hey. also be the sixth episode of the show. <laughs> that would explain hey maybe this is before the beats were big maybe this is when they were a small uh group right they were a local group they were still and- workshopping their material which is why they have this dog shit song that doesn't appear on any further recordings <laughs> yeah right and why they uh they they basically they got together they were like hey we're the only six people in bluffington that are british <laughs> or, sorry four people in bluffington and they're just like, we should do a band. <laughs> That's my British accent. Pretty good, huh? Pretty, pretty good. good. <laughs> That's what British people sound like. Literally yeah. all of them. I mean, I've That's... never heard one, so I I, I trust you. <laughs> they're all famous Rocky musicians, so ah. we haven't inter- we haven't met any British people. Right, I don't listen to music. <laughs> Britain's like Italy, only instead of uh, making delicious pasta treats, they do war crimes. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, man. Well, so anyway, uh, they he says the subject is closed. The subject is ch- closed, and uh, they then it like cuts out of this to like out of school maybe, and then sitting on the bench, some random park bench is Doug, and he's surrounded by Patty and Skeeter and Chalky, and they're just like, oh man, I wish that we could have the concert, and then Chalky starts talking shit, and he's like, yeah, like a robot. The subject is closed. The subject is closed. The subject is closed. And everybody repeats it, and they march off like robots. And they just leave Doug behind. Yeah. <laughs> <It owns. laughs> yeah. He's yeah. just like sitting there. He's like, maybe I'll draw now. 
And Doug says it's not fair. And to me, I was just like, that should just be the lesson right there. Just end the just end the episode. Yeah, actually, it's not fair. Turns out, there you go. Yeah, the principal <laughs> says, "No, you can't volunteer my school to have a rock concert, you fucking weirdo." The end. <laughs> Subject yeah. is closed. And he just he just smiles as his friends walk away. He's just like, "Oh, I'm glad they're having fun." <laughs> it's very weird uh but yeah so the subject is closed uh and they walk off and doug doug pulls out his uh his drawing pad and he starts to draw a quail man sequence it's a quail man episode guys and he says and this absolutely pissed me off i wonder how quail man would deal with someone like mr bones gee i fucking wonder (laughs) yeah yeah, Bone is always the antagonist in this, except for maybe the Roger episode. Where it's either Roger or Bone. Right. One of the two. In the same fucking season, even. <laughs> this was not yeah. that many episodes ago. Do you yeah. have so few ideas? Like, and- in Quail Man, it's short enough ago. In Quail Man versus the Rulemeister, we learned that COVID quarantine rules were tyranny that should not apply to suburban white people. And as we can all see a couple of months later, no bad things have resulted from that. Everything <laughs> no. is completely fine. 119% of ICU capacity is a perfectly good number. <laughs> Yeah, let's, uh, you know, I think the one thing that's missing from, uh, quarantine is a rock concert at an elementary school auditorium. Can't imagine any way that would be a bad idea on any level, particularly right now. Yeah, that's probably actually happened in the past few months. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, man. But yeah, so, uh, <laughs> and you know, I would say just off of that, I would be like, okay, maybe the Rulesmeister episode happens after this episode, but no, nope. we see a reference to the Rulemeister in this one, but maybe it's because like Quail Dog, Quail Dog is like basically drawing a picture, but maybe he's like making a most wanted list or something. No, Quail Dog know. is drawing a picture of the Rulesmeister to try to remind Doug, we already did this episode, Doug. <laughs> Literally nothing has changed, Doug. Yeah, it's about the moral is the exact same, Doug. (laughs) Yeah, kind of. Oh my god. Okay, but uh, so yeah, we we he says, I wonder what Quailman would do in this situation, and he flashes into the Quailman intro, uh, where basically the narrator is once again introducing Quailman, playing the theme song. Uh, but this time they clarify something. (laughs) They clarify that Quailman always wears clean underwear over his pants. The underwear on the inside of his pants. Well, less said about those, the better. He goes commando. It's why the underwear is on the outside. Right. Look, I am under the impression it's because they got letters asking them that. <laughs> if they were like, does he wear clean underwear? Or does he wear old underwear over his pants? And they're like, all right, we got to we gotta deal with this. I'm glad they clarified this. Right, yeah. It was a very important missing bit of our... Yeah, but it was a bit of our Doug mythos that we hadn't quite filled in yet. It so was thanks, good of them guys. to answer Sam's letters. <laughs> yeah <laughs> you just say him at this age as like a, a kid watching this show he's just like i wonder what is if his if his underwear is clean that's what a that's sam a accent perfect sounds impersonation like. of me right now <laughs> no sorry that's what i figured you sounded like as an angry baby <laughs> wait like no right not now. right yeah not right now <laughs> No, right now you sound very suave and cool, and I enjoy talking to you on this. <laughs> anyway, See, let's talk about some more lies. If we compliment the thing is, when, when I do stuff like that, you guys make fun of me, but I want to give you guys compliments and build your confidence. Shut up. <laughs> if we compliment Sam enough, he won't completely own us again. No. That's not true. We tried at the beginning of this episode, and we were like, "Come on, man!" That was, that was a, a jack-off Okay, fair. <laughs> anyway, so uh, so they also oh, and the narrator also says uh, they say Quailman and his grateful companion Quail Dog. Like, what a weird adjective yeah, to use. I guess like, they just have to have he loves an it, the little pig. <laughs> Who like, amongst us? 
did they mean to say faithful or like uh, i don't knows? know but they say they say grateful and it's like man he's what a privilege to hang out with doug it's just awesome oh. being pork chop quail dog yeah. i love how this this clearly sane man owns me <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, so uh, it's quail time, baby, and uh, it, it cuts to a shot of the elementary school gym, uh, and it is being dedicated to Quail Man by the mayor because he can dunk basketballs super hard, <laughs> right? It's just like... Was it because what? he can dunk basketballs super hard, or is that what he's supposed to do to inaugurate the gym? I, I think he's I think he says he's like And it is with great personal pleasure that I dedicate the new school gymnasium to our superhero with the mighty slam dunk, Quail Man. And he hands him a basketball. It's like maybe Quail Man does the fucking Barkley Chaos dunk or something, and like that's how he defeats monsters. I don't know, man. <laughs> I yeah, athletic yeah, athletic ability. That noted thing Quail Man is good at. Right. Well, so this this weird ceremony gets interrupted because a UFO lands and a bunch of robots who look sort of like Mr. Bone come streaming out of it. Uh, and as they do, everybody like reacts funny. But there's there's one thing that like is reacted in such a way. The mayor very quietly, like I don't think we can even put a clip in here of this because it like probably wouldn't even show up. Right. Yeah. The, the mayor very quietly shouts busted and runs off <laughs> like what he finished nutting no like i think he got caught doing something that wasn't nutting that. <laughs> no <laughs> i'm gonna have to go with sam on this one busting Mike. makes him feel good there's more that happens in the doug universe and in our universe that's not true there's Everything more subtle around the holy nut there are more things in heaven and earth than are busted of in your philosophy, Horatio. I'm just going to move on because I'm not going to convince you of it. I thought Good this job. was an interesting point. It was. And he we did determined. not. He nutted, man. It was an interesting point. We determined what it meant. The subject Great. is closed. Thanks, guys. Debate in the comments, everyone that isn't you two. The subject is closed to you two. Bring on the beats. Bring on the beats. No cousin Melon. So, uh, there's a Terminator reference out of nowhere as the robots come up. Like, the robots have Terminator vision. Like, the whole red <laughs> overlay with a target thing. Yeah. It's to bring on the point that they're robots. <laughs> you didn't I wasn't it. sure until they had the fucking, uh, heat vision overlay. Right. Like, yeah, oh, I mean these are, these are robots. Well, this this show has a precedent of using heat vision, thermo vision in contexts where it is wholly unnecessary. Yes. Like, remember Smash Adams looking yes. for a painting? The thermal imaging. Yep, that sure is a painting. Noted thing that has a heat signature. <laughs> right. Oh, God. Well, so, yeah, and they, they focus in on Quail Man, uh, and they roll in and they say, Attention! We are assistant principals from Planet Nebulous. Form a signal line and no one gets hurt. They traveled thousands of light years to ruin this gym opening. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's relatable. To, to play Doug and pick up basketball for the rights to the school. To go torture some children and throw them in prison. <laughs> Just being jerk asses for no good reason, as space robots are wont to do. I mean, that basically is what, Sam, basically what, like, Silver Age comics would do, right? That's right. I wonder if, there, <laughs> yeah. if there's a Robo-Bone, if there's also a Robo-Butt Savage. Oh, shit. No, it's a, oh, no, it's a Robo-Bone, but it's the, uh, just like in the old comics, he's, he's a giant gorilla. <laughs> Mr. Uh, yeah, that tracks. <laughs> also, they are going to uh, give Quail Man a bunch of crap now. But remember back when Quail Man got full authorization to do whatever he wanted on school grounds from Fleshbone? Oh, yeah, that's right. Incidentally, I will demand that all future references to him be of Fleshbone. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Hell <Great>. yeah. <laughs> I was expecting some pushback from you on that one. You can do it. I'm not going to do it. <laughs> it's too many words. I'm just going to call him Boner. <laughs> that's more syllables. No. 
in this in this universe do you change the definition of syllables in order to suit wanting to make that joke again i change the definition of words just so they mean what they mean to me so i look very smart you are doug (laughs) oh god god just your journal i did a podcast today was it fun Uh uh-huh yeah. I was very smart, made very good points. <laughs> and then the and and then the fantasy <laughs> It happens and like in your fantasy I'm the one that's like making all the dick jokes and you're like, "Oh boy." <laughs> Wow, what a good podcast. <laughs> and you're flexing and Jim is kissing you on the neck. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. <laughs> what a good podcast. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> okay. The only <laughs> podcast to do self-fan fiction. <laughs> I don't think that's true. I think most podcasts are just like, that I don't, even though I don't listen to most podcasts, I think most of them try and pump themselves up, but they don't do it ironically like we do. <laughs> There's no irony here. Right. This oh, is yeah. A thousand this percent is, sincere. This is, this is God's only truth. <laughs> that's right. As those fools on the Doug wiki still refuse to accept. God, we should. What if we made an entry on the Doug wiki for this show and see how long it takes to get taken down? We should Not do it. that. Actually, I'll do it. Okay, okay. pretend to be someone else. Yeah, I'll, I'll log into a Tor browser. For <laughs> Jake yeah, Long, American. No, your ID is Jake Long, American Dragon Fan, nineteen ninety four. <laughs> yeah, you, there's like a you go through like VPNs that span the entire world, and they, there's like those uh those like CSI hacker sequences where they're like, "Where is he coming from? He's coming from everywhere." <laughs> to edit the Doug Wikipedia. Yeah, just so I mean, like, just so it, it shows that I live just like thirty miles down the road. Yeah. You went to a phenomenal amount of effort to spoof your <laughs> residence as Jim Jenkins' house. <laughs> right. Oh, no. Just end the article with this is canon and then a dash and then Jim. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. You're just like, I buy it. Uh-huh. <laughs> or I just oh, insist no. in the... Um, uh, in the wiki article that our Jim is the real Jim Jenkins. <laughs> Don't put that evil on me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, that's that's somehow more offensive than the other fiction we had about each other. Yeah, no. I I will accept many types of uh punishment, Sam, but the accusation of being Jim Jenkins is one I will not bear. I suspect he's <laughs> never said the word cat penis once in his life. <laughs> we don't know that. <laughs> I defy him to go on and debate me to prove whether or not this is the case. <laughs> That'll be in the uh, the inevitable interview that we have with Jenkins where I've stuffed you guys in the closet. That's what you're screaming from behind. <laughs> we'll be like uh, those Superman episodes where he has to trick that fifth dimensional imp into saying his name backwards, but it's <laughs> cat famous instead. So it's a superhero <laughs> reference. It, 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 it tracks. Yeah, it's back on topic for this episode, which is good. Yeah, so so back into the superhero time in this, uh, Robobone tells his robotic clones to patrol the halls, uh, and they do. They start patrolling through the elementary school, and uh, we see Patty, and Patty's, like, talking to Connie, and they're, like, they're talking about, like, printing out hard copies before rebooting computers like what okay patty is doing tech support and the robots correctly identifying her as a giant nerd throw her in jail forever right it's just like they could have been talking about like school or sports or like look something that kids would talk girls are just like the rest of us the only thing they ever talk about is proper computer maintenance procedures (laughs) Oh, yeah. They've been posting on the computer since 1992. (laughs) Well, they get approached by one of the robot clones, uh, and 
they're like, okay, you're all in trouble. You're both in trouble for not having a hall pass. You're going to like quantum detention or something. Hyper detention, which has another name, prison. (laughs) (laughs) Right. And they're just like, all right, well, while I'm here, it's time for a locker inspection. They might as well try and pin something else on them. Female body inspector. (laughs) (laughs) Does have x-ray vision. He does have x-ray vision, but he only uses it for, for the good? <laughs> no. Well, in this instance, kind of, because they inspect a really fucking gross locker. Yeah. They, they see that a that's locker That's a really has... disgusting locker. Just the worst locker imaginable. And in case I haven't laid it on thick yet, the locker contains Doug. <laughs> no, I, do you think it's the same one? I think it's Absolutely. A when the locker opens up and Doug's inside it, the top thing is the same shit that was in the uh, gross locker. Well, no, there's something else that's in Doug lo- Doug's locker than in, than in this one. Because in this one, there's jelly donuts, there's a moldy banana, and there is a dirty gym sock that is nailed to the wall, right? Like, inside of the, the, the locker. And so, first off, yes, this is a health hazard. Like, they should get in trouble for this, right? Like, they're going to get ants. I mean, I live uh, in worse. <laughs> do you nail gym socks to your wall? Do you not? The one I use for busting, I do. But if you nail it to the wall, how do you get it down? Just pull it out. Put a hole in it. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, it's that easy, huh? Yeah. (laughs) That's all it takes, huh? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Okay. Unless you use your entire wall as a storage space, Mike. (laughs) So efficient. Uh, But yeah, so... They, they, anyway, they look at this gross-ass locker, and uh, then it, they get, like, carted off to Super Jail, right? And then Quail Man jumps out of a locker. Uh, oh, and they say, <laughs> they yell, they yell from it, it's not even our locker. Like, that's not even my locker, right? That's so, what they all say. Justice is served. <laughs> we did it. Uh, but yeah, so Quail Man fucking jumps out of his locker or somebody. So it, no, he jumps out of, it is demonstrably Doug's locker because there is a, a, a lunch sack at the top that says Doug funny. And we've, we've talked about, does Doug exist in the Quail Man universe, right? Like, I guess so. No, this doesn't answer that question though, because it might just be that they never cleaned out Doug's locker after he mysteriously died and was replaced by Quail Man. Oh, Maybe. Because, yeah, Quailman constantly talks about how he's, like, actually from Planet Bob. Yeah. And so Quailman isn't Doug, but Doug maybe exists in this universe and maybe died and was replaced by Quailman. Yeah, Doug exists dead in this universe. He exists no longer. Okay, okay. It's kind of like that uh, version of the... That's my single favorite uh, dumb Spider-Man thing is in one of the alternate universes of Spider-Man. Once upon a time, college student Peter Parker was bitten by a radioactive spider, got cancer, and died. The spider felt awful about it. (laughs) So the spider hollowed him out, reproduced several million times, and uses his skin to fight crime as (laughs) Spider-Man. God, gross. Didn't make that up, by the way. That's a real fucking comic books thing. That's awful. (laughs) So in this favorite superhero. Yeah, I guess so. But uh, in this one, Quailman. So you think Quailman killed Doug, or do you think he just opportunistically took his place? I think Quailman leaves a trail of unacknowledged devastation behind him, as we know from him blowing up Planet Bob. So I think he didn't mean to kill Doug, but after he noticed after his fight with Clotzilla that Clotzilla had crushed a tiny nerd, that <laughs> ah. Good. I will take the place of this tiny nerd and learn the ways of this mysterious people. And then he never actually does that. Right. He lives in the locker. Right. (laughs) The locker of solitude. Uh, But wait, so do you think that Quailman looks like Doug naturally then? Or is this like a disguise? This is an excellent question. I don't. Do Quail have the power of disguise, man who has killed a quail? (laughs) They do not. So no. Famously, they do not. But like, does he have equipment? Like maybe the maybe the underwear on the the clean underwear on the outside of his pants or the belt on his head like serve as some sort of cloaking field that change you into Doug, which is the worst cloaking field. I do like I that know. as a concept, but we don't really have any evidence one way or the other. We do know that he generates additional superpowers as the plot demands in the finest Silver Age tradition. We've never <laughs> seen that established a hundred percent. 
I sure. think it is safest to assume that you're right for now. Maybe okay. he just uses the quail eye on everybody and it makes everybody think he looks like Doug. Maybe. Or maybe Quailman Quailman actually exists in an alternate universe, right? But in Doug's reimagining of Quailman, he draws himself as this character. Right, right. So actual Quailman is like buff and impressive and all this other stuff. Yeah. But Doug's <laughs> version of him is inexplicably dumpy middle-aged man who is also 11. Still super weird that in Doug's version of Quail Man universe, Doug is dead. But, you know. Yeah, yeah but it allows him to be Quail Man, so it's all good. I guess Doug so. must die that Quail Man might live. Oh, so he's like reincarnating himself as Quail Man? This is like... Uh, Quail this- Jesus. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so there must always be a Doug in this universe. And so Doug was reborn as Quail Man. Yes. Okay. It's a classic Christian mythology story. Which would track with this? <laughs> oh, man. But okay, so, uh, yeah, so Quillen jumps out of this locker, and he doesn't even try and stop the robots, which, like, was his stated objective, was stopping the robots. Why would he try to do that? Their authority. Just punch the robots. This is a superhero story. <laughs> Hit the robots! The entire point of having robots that you are fighting against is that you can draw PG-level violence, or even G-rated violence. There's a reason why Samurai Jack, whose superpower was has a sword, only ever fought robots. Yeah. You are allowed to absolutely wreck robots, and most cartoons in the 90s, superheroes fought only robots forever because showing any kind of violence towards people was verboten. And boy, isn't it crazy that robots have a ton of oil in the place where the blood should be? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And they got all yeah. wires and shit where bones ought to be, and they come out all weird and broken. It's great. Right. Exactly. Well, we know that Quailman specifically typically doesn't like violence. He likes more subtle types of murder. Like helping the robots establish a career. Or blow it. Wait, hold the fuck on. One of Quailman's powers is to destroy electronics by shouting. Oh, yeah, that's true. You oh, have shit. an ability to just destroy all of them. This is a power you have. Which one was that in? I don't remember. He blew up a TV. Oh, yeah, that's he right. He blew up oh. a TV that was broadcasting subliminal messages from the cabal that controls the world, run by Dr. <laughs> Triple Parentheses Klotzenstein. <laughs> I guess maybe right. when he doesn't think the people involved are Jewish, the power doesn't work. God damn it. Or maybe, okay, so maybe, I think maybe it's possible that this episode takes place before that episode, and maybe it still takes place before the rules. No, it takes place after it. I can show you why, because Quailman has learned the lesson from his time battling the evil Dr. Klotzenstein about the most terrible power Klotzenstein possesses, and he turns it on Robobone. Okay, fair enough, fair enough. Okay, so let's... We gotta get there, but... We'll get there. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah, that's a good point. Okay, shit, I didn't think about that. Okay, so anyway, so Quailman is like, all right, well, we have to we have to chase after them. And also Skeeter gets arrested too. Skeeter and his whole family get thrown in detention because Skeeter isn't following the dress code. Like, yeah, because Jesus. Skeeter is wearing stupid pants, which, I mean, I've seen Skeeter's pants, justified. <laughs> but his whole family, Dale's going to jail for this too? Good. Yeah. <laughs> Throw that little shit in the, in the clinker. The sins of the brother resound around upon the parents and also the children. This is law. <laughs> maybe maybe Doug wrote that in his comic book because he's like, yeah, I'll show Dale if he thinks he owns me. <laughs> I'll show that small child who definitely is also a cat. Yeah, because <laughs> he does constantly get owned by Dale. Uh, but okay, so they get they get... Taken outside, and uh, Robobone has set up on the soccer field, he has set up, like, a big cube made of, like, electricity. Uh, and they get thrown in the cube, and they get trapped in there. Uh, and they, they bang on the, the glass or whatever it's made of, and they scream, help us, Quail Man, and then Quail Man flies away. It's because it's thinking time. thinking. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That famous activity that depends on where you're at to do. Yeah. <laughs> it's time to go think, somewhere far away from the screams of those being imprisoned by an unjust authority. <laughs> right. 
<laughs> yeah, he just burns off, and he's like, "All right, I, hey, I got, I can't think with all this racket. <laughs> Keep it down, you bunch." Yeah, he goes to the the thicket of solitude again, uh, and he's like, "Boy, I, I, how are we gonna do this?" Pork chop is doodling the rules, Meister, attempting to show. Doug, that no, really, we've done this before. The answer is you find some stupid rule they follow, and you tell them, ha, ah, you're disobeying your own rules, owned by your own logic. <laughs> yeah. Sadly, or, like, Doug does not pick up on this. I was thinking if if you're putting these in a different order, you could put the Rulesmeister episode after this one, because maybe that's like his most wanted list, like his criminals at large drawings, you know? Regardless, the plan that he comes up with is stupid for this show. Yeah. It doesn't make <laughs> any sense. Yeah, it is. Porkchop is like trying to erase it and then gets chalk dust from the eraser into Quail Man's face somehow. And then Quail Man coughs and goes, How are we going to defeat Robobone and his army of Roboclones? You need a secret weapon. <coughs> Cough? Cough! That's it, Quail Dog! You're a genius! I've been diagnosed with COVID-19! Yeah, I was just I was just laughing, being like, his his he was like, I know Forkshop, I'll invent COVID-19. <laughs> <laughs> or in general biological warfare. <laughs> but this ship's plan is less effective than COVID-19 is. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, God. <laughs> oh, no. I hope things get better soon. Uh, yeah, but... I hope so, too. Hope in yeah. one hand, shit in the other. <laughs> oh, God. But, yeah, so he's like, all right, well, let's go back there. Let's and they, just they... fucking throw chalk on him, I guess. Yeah, they, they fly back to the robots. The robots' known weakness is coughing from chalk, even though, you know, they don't, don't have lungs. <laughs> Famous, like robots don't have lungs. It's like, never mind. <laughs> Chalk <laughs> dust. So that noted, uh, that noted thing that ruins electronics. Chalk. Well, Coilman explains to us as he claps the erasers. It's working, Quail Dog. The chalk dust is clogging up their internal computer chips. That's <laughs> how computers work, right, Sam? Yes. <laughs> Okay, and good. you know that's probably what Connie and Patty were talking about <laughs> beforehand. They could have the used hall. that conversation to set this up, but they didn't. I give they oh, they man. wanted to fucking go with this stupid ass chalk idea, but they didn't. There's no yeah. setup. It comes out of nowhere, and then the robots counter it by producing more chalk. <laughs> like what the fuck? No, that is straight How did up. This so- get past an edit. That's just straight up Silver Age bullshit. That's just pure stupid whimsy. Aha! Your incredibly stupid specific plan to defeat me didn't work. Now let's see how it works when I try it on you. Oh, it also doesn't work because of an incredibly stupid and specific plan. Well, we've just burned the middle several pages of this episode. (laughs) Now let's get to the good bit. Yeah, and, well, it's important to note that Doug does reinforce to watchers that before you try this at home to ask your parents. Before you try this thing, I'm about to show you doesn't work. (laughs) Yes. Uh, But, yeah, so, yeah, it doesn't work, and uh, Quirman flies off because he hears screaming, and he's like, oh, yeah, I forgot that. I, there were other people that were in trouble, right? Like, he knows who's screaming, but he's like, who could that be? I don't know, man. Uh, I feel like this is, this episode just did not get an edit pass at all. I I think, though, too, specifically because of exactly this next scene, after he shows up, uh, the robots are like, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, you know, they're trapped in there forever, and then, and this was after Quail Man said something, and then the robots go, oh, you again? Like, for the, as if they were just seeing Quail yes. Man for the first time. Correct, yeah. It, oh, man. <laughs> like, this feels what? like there was a couple of edits during the middle just to try to hurry up the pacing, and, um, no, bad. Yeah. 
Maybe so, the first edit. Maybe this this was the like a salvage attempt in the first one. They had Quailman actually fighting them and doing something cool, and then they were just like, "Oh, I can't have anything entertaining. It's got to be Doug quality, right? It's got to be something that I would have thought." Of. <laughs> <laughs> oh no. Uh well. So anyway, like. They they're like they're 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 pissed that Qua- that Quailman is trying to free the kids because Quailman's like knocking on the glass and he's like oh my quail powers don't work here I guess have uh, you tried using them yet no <laughs> like I don't know power? the one that destroys electronics or the quail eye that defeats people I guess he doesn't use that he doesn't use grace intelligence or speed I. I don't know, and this so is the, the most trouble that Quailman has ever had. Right, like that he, is true. It's, he's never been more hopeless than in this episode. <laughs> At least actively hopeless. Yes. Uh, other than like internally hopeless. Right, that's right. <laughs> that's true. Uh, and so all the robots, they they're like, "Oh, you asked for it now." All right, Robo clones, switch to Robo Yodel. And Dog is like, oh, why don't you at least try yodeling in the same key? Why? They're like, oh, what a good idea for some reason. And it's good, and everyone (sighs) actually likes it. Yeah, he solves this problem by setting up the robot's singing career, which, think about that for a second. The robots are being dicks, so he makes them famous. If anything, uh-huh. they would get more authoritarian. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. They would, they would boss people around in more than just the school. Wouldn't chill them out at all. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God. I. Yeah. They, they become, like, oh, also, I must... Call out the utterly inane joke here. They become megastars, music sensations. They make the color, the cover of Rolling Bone magazine. Yeah. You get it? It's a it's joke. A, it's, I don't know. Well, it's like that thing you remember. <laughs> it's almost like that thing you remember. Yeah, from it's like it's like bonehead comics. And then Quailman tours with them. Yeah, he's like their fucking manager. And he's their he's their touring manager. He's he takes eleven. Them, he takes them to concerts and pr- introduces them in front of arenas of people. And and produces their album titled Listen Up, Mister. It's Okay, but he's also still at home. Like he also still lives in Bluffington because they cut back to that. And they too. all cheer Quailman for doing this for Something. He did something, I guess. He uh, gave the villains a very successful multi-million dollar music singing contract. That means that hero will be the villain. (laughs) (laughs) Finally, they've been defeated. And so, after this entire acid trip of a plotline that went nowhere, the people who walked off chanting, uh, oh fuck, I've forgotten the line. The subject is closed. The people who walked off chanting, the subject is closed, reconvene on the bench just at Doug. Doug, what are you, yeah, what are you doing, well, Doug? Doug just, Doug just like sits up from drawing and he goes, Quailman bargained with Robobone. <laughs> yeah. The next words out of the, the other people's mouth should have been, Doug, what the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> Doug, you okay there, buddy? Doug, we've been gone for like five hours. We're worried about you. <laughs> he draws an entire comic. I legit laughed out loud when he just like stood up and he went, Quail Man bargained with Robobone. Yeah, because it's it's the first thing he says as they come back like, <laughs> off screen. Like you just imagine, prob- you imagine Chalky turning to look at uh, Patty and Skeeter's, like, is he okay? And just Skeeter being like, yeah, no, he oh, he does this, just smile Skeeter's, and nod. Skeeter's just like doing the little like uh like a uh, hand motion across his throat, being like, "Shut up, dude! You'll talk about it more." <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, that's what that motion you give to people when I start talking is. Right. 
Like, yeah, they probably went to school and Doug just spent the whole day on the park bench just drawing, forgetting what time it was. And, hey, Quailman bargained with RoboBone. Incidentally, uh, canonically, bargaining with George H.W. Bush doesn't go great. What happens? Um... Kids listening at home, do not Google Hugo Spotifora unless you want to know exactly how that goes sometimes. The phrase, they never found his head, features. Oh, Jesus. Wait, this is like documented? Oh, yeah. Uh, Hugo Spotifora was a journalist in Panama back when uh, Manuel Noriega was the best friend of George H.W. Bush's CIA. And uh, Spotifora tried going, like, saying, no, seriously, there's all these drug-running operations going on. And um, then he, well, parts of him went missing and were never found, and parts of him went missing and were found, and an investigation was launched into this, and a bunch of highly placed CIA people said, I think you need to not look into this. (laughs) Our good friend, Mr. Noriega, is our good friend. You wouldn't want to hurt our relationship. Look, I figure that they just set him up with a successful singing career where he made many albums. And That's where his on head the... went to the stars. Yeah, his yeah. head went to uh, go on, have a wonderful multimedia career. The rest of his body, well, don't worry yourself with what happened to it. Yeah, it, uh, yeah, that was, he's still, he, that, his body's patrolling the elementary school and telling people what to do, but his head is singing yodeling. Yes. This is why, yeah, definitely negotiate with authority, kids. It goes great for you. So, yeah, so anyway, after Doug has this revelation to, uh, to his friends, uh, then they immediately cut to... Doug has gone to Mr. Bone's office and everyone else is just like creepily listening to the door uh, as Doug parlays with Bone. Noted thing he is empowered to do as student council get together czar, whatever the fuck his title is. <laughs> right. I, I don't know, man. Like we've had multiple episodes where like the entire purpose of Mr. Bone is to be like prostrated before and like pleased sufficiently such that the kids would get to have their fun yeah you know like that this is another episode of like you have to placate authority flatter authority yeah right also who gave doug the ability to negotiate on the beats behalf (laughs) was that part was that in the facts was that i now have legal authority over you Right. It says we'll come if Doug, if Doug, you specifically will be our lawyer for the next year. (laughs) (laughs) Immediately lose $20 million. (laughs) Right. Yeah. Doug's like, oh boy, the law can be fun, journal. (laughs) (laughs) Sometimes it's hard. (laughs) What honestly not true what we were thinking when we made that term in the contract. We were snuck into our rider somehow. And it takes the entire episode, but they, like, sort of throw the moral in. Doug has the quote. I'm glad we worked a compromise out with Mr. Bone. That's what it's all about. Listening to each other and working things out. Not just throwing your weight around. But Bone sort of did throw his weight around, and he got what he wanted. Yeah, no. Yeah. (laughs) He didn't really compromise at all. Authority can throw its weight around. You can't, you little shit. Right. That that, that sort of... um, that sort of moral sort of makes me question uh, Jenkins, like, leaning conservative, because that's a very, like, liberal thing to think. It's like, oh, you just need to compromise. If you, if you get in the room with some uh, psycho right-wingers and you get meet in the middle, everybody wins. Was this before, like, in 92, was this before it was the, the, the age of always double down? Or was um, that it was, Reagan was the dawn of the age of always double down, but this was still the point where people pretended it wasn't 100% of the thing. Like, in about, like, it is currently 92, and so I want to say it's in 94 that uh, the, I think they call it the Republican Revolution happens, Newt Gingrich gets into power, and just absolutely is the dawn of what well it's not the dawn but it is probably the first major zenith of the power of no fuck you we don't give a shit in the immortal words of uh playwrights of our age the chapo boys 
the people who were trying Bill Clinton for the crime of sexually harassing a subordinate were all actively being sucked off by their mistresses while they were trying him. Like, Newt Gingrich was the guy who was, like, 100% behind all this, and he was actively cheating on his wife with two other women while she was in the hospital. God. Very nice. It's not great. (laughs) Anybody who tells you that Trump is some new monstrosity really started paying attention very recently. Yeah, it is not a new phenomenon. I mean, the, like, origins of conservatism go back to like maintaining the aristocracy after like the fall of like the uh french revolution the nobility right yeah, french, yeah, revolution the french revolution goes all the way like the reason why we have the term right wing and left wing is because yeah. in the little proto french parliament the people who thought actually the king was cool sat on the right and the people who thought hey uh we could chop the king's head off again that's an option <laughs> were sat on the left side Right, exactly. Yeah, this is not new. It's just more brazen and obvious. Yeah, <laughs> and stupid. Don't forget, it's way stupid. Oh, it's hugely oh, stupid. Yeah. And Jenkins, I think his politics are like he's still clearly conservative, but he is the Virginia Raytheon Acres conservative, who's always been a well. We do need government because without government, who would I get my job creating death machines from? It's about compromise. It's necessary to occasionally, you don't talk about how you want to purge the earth of all those you see as racially inferior. And in exchange... Allegedly. Allegedly. And in exchange for your being willing to keep quiet that desire, you will allow government to continue to have a very, uh, give you a very expensive job. Yeah, so uh, so Doug learns this lesson of, boy, compromise can work out for everyone because he offers... Submitting to his... authority is cool, kids. Right. He, he offers Bone and his yodeling cabal the chance to open for the beats without consulting the beats. Uh, and, and their yodeling inspires the beats to yodel in their song of I Need More Allowance. Yodely, hee hoo. I need more allowance. The song sucks. I'm, it's gonna come here. I want to establish the song is just really bad. Killer Tofu. I at least, like it. Killer Tofu has at least some Tom Petty. Okay, I can see dancing of this with less shitty lyrics. I need some allowance. Is I buy this as they're trying to do something inspired by the Ramones because most Ramones songs, mm, quite frankly, suck ass. It's just that they. It's the energy behind them is enough to get you to ignore that and. The energy behind this one sucks, and if you're just trying to say, hey, give me more allowance money in a Ramones-esque way, it's just so fucking lame. Well, at least they list the things that one might buy with more allowance, such as gum and CDs. Goods and services. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's, it isn't great, but it, you also have no, to keep good. in mind... You also have to keep in mind that they improved this song immediately after hearing Bone's song. So they were just like... That was so fucking terrible, we've forgotten every piece of music we've ever known. Well, they're probably just like, these kids don't know anything, let's just sing whatever we want to them. They're not gonna remember this. (laughs) This is a free concert we're doing in a town of 20,000 people. Who gives a rat's ass? Four babies. I'm not stressed. This is an elementary school for babies. Uh Uh Why did we do this again? I'm still (laughs) not clear. Oh, God. Well, well, yeah, that's it. That's the the end as they they fade out on singing the song and uh, Mr. Bone doesn't like the music and puts on earmuffs, but Porkchop blows his ears out anyway with an amp. Owned. And it causes permanent ear damage. And that's it. (sighs) That's the end of the episode. (laughs) Well, I mean, like, this usually when they have the Quailman episodes, they're usually way more morally reprehensible than this. Yeah. But it's mostly because, like, superheroes are, like, quasi fascists, and that (laughs) you have to have, like, the superhero ethics in the superhero episodes, but this isn't even, like, really a superhero episode. Yeah, this is, uh, yeah, the superhero part of it felt really undercooked. 
Yeah, it's like, um, I mean, they basically just needed some way to play up that, hey, he's a robot, you see? <laughs> yeah, and they didn't even do anything fun with it. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, they and you can't they, negotiate with robots either. So, like, the whole message just kind of falls on its ass. Yeah, why didn't they? Like, I guess he could have like reprogrammed them. I, I don't know. <laughs> he didn't. Quail man bargained with Robobot. <laughs> Ironically, the solution to the Rulesmeister episode would make more sense here because you tell the robot that aha, you violated your programming, and the yeah. robot explodes. Yeah. That's a story as old as dumb robot. That's the oldest robot story there is. Like yeah. literally, Isaac Asimov's first fucking robot stories were about haha, you broke the rule, so your brain explodes. Right. Yeah, it would maybe it would have made more sense to swap the Rulemeister and yeah. the Robobone in this. Quailman negotiated with the Rulemeister would make sense. Quailman yeah. owned the robots by telling them you have to wear ah, you're breaking your own rules about socks or microcircuits or who gives a rat's ass. Oh no, right. the robots exploded. I owned them with their own logic. Hell yeah. Yeah. Yeah, if they if they if they swapped those two episodes, it might make more sense, huh? But the time break well, has caused great suffering on multiple levels, and so we might have to address that going forward. It's true. It's true. Yeah, maybe maybe these two universes are intersecting. Oh, oh, is- that was the one bit we skipped over. Like uh, when uh, Quailman got negotiated with Robobone, he told them, "Hey, what if you tried show business?" That was the proof that uh, this episode happens after the Klotzenstein episode because that was where Doug learned the terrible power of you can get anyone to do anything after they do showbiz. God. Yeah, it worked on him. <laughs> anyway, so let's let's round this out. So the moral, I mean, the moral isn't morally reprehensible in this one, at least. It's basically that. The like, moral sucks, but the moral's not actively bad. Yeah. It's that negotiating can be good. It's like negotiating can be good so long as you still submit to authority. Authority negotiating th- with power is not good, but that's the yeah. Authority is. can throw its weight around. You can't. <laughs> Great. It's not a good moral, but it's at least less openly noxious than some other ones. Sure, sure. It's the moral that is built that America is built on. Hooray. Compromise. <laughs> Solutions. <laughs> Progress. The American dream. Quail man bargained with Robobone. No cousin Melvin. I mean, it's, it's probably the hardest I've ever laughed at this show is that line. <laughs> God. Well, at least we have that. Oh, man. Well, let's call this one here, guys. Thanks for joining us, everyone, in another episode of The Funny Papers. We'll see you next time. Goodbye. Bring on the beats. Bring on the beats.